Alright, man, we're so super excited. It is Friday and we got the, or it's actually Saturday. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. And we got the one and only Jennifer Copping coming on the show from the new hit show on the Peacock and NBC Universal, Debris. Yes, it was a super fun interview. She's like one of the sweetest ladies we've ever had on. Just a real gem to talk to. You guys are going to love this one. Exactly, exactly. All you up and comers out there, after you listen to this interview, you're really going to felt like you've been taken under the wing. She is very motherly. Yes. She <laughs> she really is. She really is. Well, now let's get crazy. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, we're on episode 162 this week. Yes, our special Saturday edition. Yes. It's like, woo! I'm excited about that, though. I am, too. I because am, too. Because it means we were really busy yesterday, so... Exactly. <laughs> Everybody knows we're a film and television production right. company, and man, oh man, the short film is rocking and rolling. Did some campus tours, multiple campus tours yesterday, and oh, I'm just so excited. Yes, More yes. details coming soon if you follow us. <laughs> oh, you guys guys know your host with the most myself jlo fantastic and the one and only mouth what's up guys we got a lot to talk about this week it is jam freaking packed a lot of disney stuff they're disappointed because they felt like they missed a subscriber growth mm. yeah we haven't talked about that before no uh, they're normally exceeding their subscriber predictions but we got a lot there's uh, some cancellations in there some are like what the hell and others are like okay i could see that <laughs> i could see that but i mean of course you guys know we're talking streaming wars Warner Brothers, NBC, Sony, Peacock, all the good stuff, All guys. the good stuff. But before we get this thing started, be sure to head over to our website, www.crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. And, of course, you guys know we have shirts, we have hats, we have backpacks, we have duffel bags. Anything and everything in between, it's great. Be sure to head over there right now and just get a little crazy. Do it. Get a little crazy. Do it. Well, let's start off with Disney, the oh, Walt Disney Company, is in throes of its. I mean, obviously, it's above everyone else. But there has been a lot of leadership shifting over the past couple months, and I mean, with this whole COVID stuff, it's leaving everybody up in the air. Well, newly CEO Bob Chappick asserting more authority as the longtime leader he'd replace Bob Iger prepares to exit his executive chairman role for his uh, status at the end of the year, Bob Iger is. And according to four insiders, the two men once warm relationship has grown a little strained. Mm. Now, uh, one insider said it's a very different place and a very different organization. This comes after Chappick has overseen a the 2020 reorganization and centralized the media company's content distribution and ad sales. Now, to some inside the company, Disney's move last October to restructure its operations elevated the executives to distributed uh, Disney movies, shows, and everywhere that they're providing their productions and their shows. The shakeup also granted a great deal of influence to top Chappick, Ali Kareem Daniel, who is who was elevated to chairman of Disney Media and Entertainment Distribution from his previous role overseeing consumer products. Mm -hmm. Disney's reorganization uh, of its media and entertainment businesses into three distinct content creation groups, studios, general entertainment, and sports. 
And now this has caused concern for some senior managers as well as those doing business with the company. Hollywood dealmakers noted that the new structure of Disney is exclusively are excessively complicated and more convoluted than necessary, adding an extra manager layer layer into the process of getting projects made. Mm. Everybody's just confused mm. on who they report to, basically. Yeah, yeah. It, it sounds like an absolute mess. It sounds like Iger's like, well, yeah, right. <laughs> maybe that's causing the strain. Maybe Iger is at, like not helping, and he's just like, hey, I'm about to be out of here. Sorry, Bob. Sorry, but um, so with all that chaos, with that inner turmoil, with that kind of like confusion going on, how are they doing? Well, apparently not so good. Uh, the Walt Disney Company reported mixed quarterly reports this week. The entertainment conglomerate stock fell sharply, which I was not happy about in the after hours of trading. Disney's $15.61 billion in revenue for the quarter fell short of Wall Street expectations, and its 103.6 million streaming subscribers missed estimates, like J.Lo said. The company's uh, reported diluted earnings per share of $0.50, a 92% improvement on the $0.60 per share that Disney reported a year ago, but that's because they were going through COVID. Analysts projected the company would report earnings per share of $0.27 cents and $15.87 billion in revenues. Now, there is some good news, though. Not all, just a little bit, uh, sort of. Disney Plus did reach, like I said, 103.6 million subscribers worldwide as of April 3rd. And that sounds really good, right? But... The growth was not as large as Wall Street or even Disney themselves had predicted. The Mouse House's flagship streaming service packed on 8.7 million new global customers uh, in the most recent quarter, up from 94.9. That all sounds good, right? Except analysts on average pegged Disney to come in at 109 million subscribers for the first quarter, missing it by 6 million subscribers. The continued slower growth for Disney Plus came amid the service's first price hikes, because they did that. That too. Yeah. So my overall assumption, I called this. I was worried that when Iger stepped back and actually said, I'm done, I'm just going to sit here until the end of the year, things could get problematic. And they have. They have. They have. I was worried Chappic wasn't going to be able to like get it all. Uh, now, we should say the insiders are saying that Chappic is liked. They're just confused and not sure about his leadership style. Yep. They don't hate him. He's not like this monster. He's not like they're but maybe he's just not the right leader. Kevin Mayer, where you at, bro? <laughs> Kevin Mayer. Oh saying. man. Please. I like when my stock is high. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, this week Marvel Studios said Shang Chi, the legend of the Ten Rings, and also 20th Century came out and said Free Guy will open in movie theaters exclusively. Both films will only play in theaters for around 45 days oh. before transitioning to home viewing on VOD and streaming. The decision is likely uh, the final nail in the coffin for the traditional 90-day exclusive theatrical window. That had been the industry standard for decades before COVID hit. So, I mean, mm. I think this is the new thing. With I mean, it's already been happening with electronics, people getting more impatient. But now with COVID and people like being all weary about that, I feel like people are very impatient. So they're shortening the theatrical w window by half and some more than half. Uh, yeah, and this is still more of that confusion under Chappic. Yeah. Like, Black Widow is going to be on uh, at the same time. 
you know, in theaters and on Disney Plus behind the Premiere Pay thing. So why not Shang Chi? Yeah. Like, or if you're gonna do Shang Chi exclusively, why not Black Widow? Like, what? Exactly. They're both MCU movies. Why is one one way, the other way? It's confusing. I get why people inside Disney are going, "What the fuck? Yeah. What are we doing?" I don't know. Speaking of though, forty five days would be pretty good because you know how many days Shang Chi might get in China. None. <laughs> Maybe a recent Chinese state media report has added to the rumors that two major Marvel superhero films, not just Shang-Chi, but also Eternals, may not be approved for a release in China. In the report on the Marvel Cinematic Universe's Phase 4 films, the uh, CCTV6 China Movie Channel aired a list of all the U.S. release dates for eight of the ten scheduled Marvel titles, but conspicuously left off Eternals and Shang-Chi. Now, after Black Widow, that hits in July 9th, they are the next two films behind Black Widow that are supposedly coming out. Um, While the China Movie Channel report is not hard evidence, the two titles... Uh, that, that it will be banned from the China market, their omission could be an indicator that they might be in trouble. Now, it kind of makes sense because Shang-Chi doesn't necessarily highlight China in the best fashion. Yeah. And apparently, uh, Chloe Chow, uh, there's some issues there too. And as mm. you guys know, she's directing uh, The Eternals. And so m- maybe they're... Mm-mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. very interesting situation. They got a lot of time to possibly clear some stuff up, but who freaking knows, guys? Who well, knows? and you know who the favorite Disney guy is that China loves? Iger, and he's leaving. Yeah. <laughs> just saying. It's crazy, man. <laughs> Just say He opened China Disneyland. I'm yeah, just saying. Just saying. Good relationship. Gone. Exactly. Well, production has wrapped on Miss <laughs> Marvel, a Disney Marvel series of the Muslim teen-led character and a significant Asian cast. I mean, this is going to be huge, guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, filming was relocated to Thailand after a stint in Georgia, but the U.S.'s six-part series features newcomer Amin Zelina as Camila Khan and a New Jersey raised teenager who discovers she has special powers we're super excited about this one and i mean no uh confirmed release date on this one yet but we're thinking late 2021 oh yeah i mean you know you know which makes sense because it's not going to be 2022 because 2022 is the marvels captain marvel too yeah and she's going to be in that so it's got to air before that i'm just saying it makes sense oh hey it's not all marvel though it's not all it's not we promise thomas bazooka who helmed last year's crime thriller let him go and ali salim who worked on hulu's 9-11 drama the looming tower well guess what I lied. It is Marvel. Uh, they've been tapped to direct Marvel Studios' latest series, Secret Invasion. You see, mm. I, that was a secret. I was letting you know. Yeah, there you go. Secret Invasion. The series is expected to shoot in Europe later this year. Mm. So I'm super excited about that. I can't wait for Fury to come back. I, I just want to know what's going on in that storyline. Exactly. That's going to be cool. Exactly, exactly. Well, now Jungle Cruise, Disney's big-budget family adventure starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Emily Blunt, will premiere simultaneously in theaters and on Disney+. Plus. On July 30th. See, it's things like this. Why? What What decision or what's your thought process on which film should be simultaneously? That's which, an like, excellent question. Yeah, yeah. Chap it. Come on and explain it. Yeah, Somebody seriously. explain it to us because – And I mean it's the same with Cruella as well. It's also going to be on both platforms at the same time or theatrical and Disney Plus at the same time. So it's really weird. I'm very confused. I, oh, I mean you know what it probably is. Kevin Feige whispering in that ear, don't fucking do it. I mean, yeah, I, I just, I don't get it. And if you're going to do it, 
exclusively on Disney Plus. Why the pay window? Your most successful movie that you released exclusively on Disney Plus was Soul. Exactly. It made a shit ton of money. It got new subscribers. It won a fucking Oscar, and we didn't have to pay extra for it. Exactly. Just follow your own shit, man. <laughs> That's all I'm saying, it's man. Wild. It just doesn't make sense. Hey. This one makes sense, though, and Does I it? know J-Lo is super excited about it, though. You say you're not, but you know you want to tie it up, like, right. It needs right? to be. Who does I, I, Everybody hates when a series ends and they don't tie up the shit the right way. Well, apparently, I think ABC is going to try to do that because they announced that Grey's Anatomy will be renewed for at least one. One more season, season 18, with star Ellen Pompeo. That's right, Meredith is back, uh, extending her contract to continue playing Meredith for one more year. Now, as you guys know, the drama's currently in the 17th season. is television's number one entertainment show in the also-important 18-49 to 49 demographic among the network reporting ratings. It's also drawing almost 9 million total viewers. That's fucking impressive as hell. After 17 years, you're still getting right. almost double-digit uh, viewers. That's impressive. And a 2.0 in the demo in delayed viewing. Now, ABC has also renewed Station 19, Grey's spinoff. That was kind of obvious. For a fifth season... The two dramas are ABC's most watched shows. So, again, I think that this is uh, because Ellen was ready to go. I think this was they backed up the Brinks truck and said, one more, give us one more so we can close this bad boy out. And I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, just do it right. Just do it right. (laughs) But anyway, guys, Blackish has been renewed for season eight at ABC, which will actually be the show's last season. Mm. Uh, The announcement came was made by the series creator Kenya Barris, which makes sense. This guy's everywhere. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, still, it's kind of crazy. But in addition to that, the Goldbergs, the Connors, Home Economics, and the drama The Rookie and A Million Little Things have all been renewed at ABC, along with the Goldbergs has been renewed for season nine. The Connors, A Million Little Things, and The Rookie are all going to be renewed for the their fourth season. And the Rookie sitcom Home Economics is being renewed for a second season, which which is really good right now because a lot of shows are being canceled after the first season. Oh, yeah. And and don't worry. We're going to tell you what ABC canceled. Yeah. Don't worry. Um, in case you were wondering, though, new shows that they made commitments to, they did follow through on a few of those. ABC also handed out series orders to the reboot of The Wonder Years uh, and drama series Queens and comedies Maggie and About Elementary. So those are all moving forward as well. Um, what else? Any unscripted stuff, maybe? that? Do you like the unscripted shows? You know, what? all the reality game shows, all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. Five unscripted shows are coming back for another season at ABC, including Newcomers, Celebrity Will of Fortune, and Supermarket Sweep. Supermarket Ooh. Sweep and the Celeb Heavy Wheel uh, will each return for a season two in the 2021-2022 season, and America's Funniest Home Videos will be back for season 32, along with American Idol now in its 19th season overall. Uh, its original 15th season run over at Fox is getting a fifth season with the new one that just came back out at ABC, and Shark Tank, no surprise but there, uh, another longtime runner at ABC is welcoming entrepreneurs back into the tank for season 13. Yes, I mean, it dominates every Friday night, so this was no surprise. Yeah. I, I fucking loved it. Anybody who listens to this show, anybody who knows me, I, it's my guilty pleasure. I fucking love Shark Tank. Super pumped. 
Uh, okay, now, as promised, here are some things not going forward and or canceled. The first, ABC single camera comedy pilot adopted. You, oh, this was a good one, too. I, thought, I felt like it had potential. It's not moving forward at the broadcaster. The project was the holdover from 2020 pilot season that was delayed due to the pandemic. Remember, this is the one about the Green Beret that returns home to Texas for military service, and he and his family are struggling with the challenges of adopting a new brother, which happens to be a Russian, a 12-year-old Russian boy. Now, don't fret yet, though, because according to sources and an individual with some knowledge, the pilot is being shopped around for other places. So we'll see. We'll keep you updated on that one. Right. And I mean, Call Your Mother, starring Kara Sedwick and Rachel Sinoff, and Joey Bragg will not be coming back for its sophomore season. ABC has pulled this sitcom. And honestly, by no surprise, because I watched the first two episodes and it's not the right type of cheese. Mm. I mean, there's a good type of cheesy, but this one's, it's not smoked Gouda. I'm just saying. (laughs) It's really not. Kara Sedwick was pretty pissed. Though. She she apparently made a nasty shout out to ABC about it. But. Yeah, I bet it, that's not the only one. It's no, not the only no. one. ABC has also canceled American Housewife and Mixedish, and along with For Life, which we're huge fans of, so we're super pissed, pissed about, about that. that. And Rebel, I'm not surprised by that one. Yeah, at all. no, me either. Uh, the network also passed on pickups for four pilots: the drama Acts of Crime by Sam Esmail and comedies adopted, like we just told you about, Black Don't Crack and Bucktown. Yeah, I'm pissed off about fucking For Life. We need shows like that on. On the air. Agreed. ABC preaches diversity and then you got like a fucking diverse cast, phenomenal cast telling stories that are dealing with today's shit and you fucking canceled it. What? Nicholas Pinuck though, the star of that show guys, he he said don't don't worry yet. They are really I guess actively seeking to shop this thing around for other networks. And please somebody I ABC, really so. NBC, somebody pick this shit up. You know where I think it would be perfect? Fucking CBS. Pair it with All Rise. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, holy shit, the Mystics together on the same night behind each other? That would be epic. That's all I'm saying. You're welcome. <laughs> American Idol is in some trouble. Yeah. Uh, yeah, their front runner, one of their finalists, Caleb Kennedy, not going to be on the show. He's exiting uh, after a social media post resurfaced. Get this, guys. Depicting him uh, sitting next to and filming someone wearing what appears to be a Ku Klux Klan hood. Sources have confirmed the 16-year-old Kennedy is no longer in the competition and that Sunday's episode will feature the show's top four singers with only one contestant elimination because, well, he got eliminated. Yeah, exactly. See, this is exactly why you need to keep four life. Exactly. Because... Racists. Just saying. Just just saying. Maybe if he had watched shows like For Life, he wouldn't be sitting with a fucking Ku Klux Klan guy. Just saying. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Sarah Highland is returning to ABC, joining the cast of the fairy tale drama pilot Epic. Highland will play Rose, and she is a princessy as princess come. Oh. <laughs> about to marry her prince charming, but her fairy tale gets upended when he has a, when he has second thoughts. And trying mm. to preserve her dreams opens up her an unexpected world to her. Highland uh, starred in eleven seasons for ABC's Modern Family, so you might recognize her as Haley, yep. the eldest in the Dumpty family children. So. Yes. Yeah, I love her. She's great. I think she's gonna be awesome there. Hey, the Proud family, louder and prouder, you know 
show. We've told you about this at Disney+. Plus. Well, it's expanding its cast with the addition of Billy Porter. That makes sense. He's going to be fantastic on there. Zachary Quinto. You guys know him from Heroes and Spock in the mm. new Star Trek movies. Mm-hmm. And E.J. Johnson. Now, Porter and Quinto will voice Randall and Barry Leibowitz, Jenkins' adopted parents, to 14-year-old activist Maya, played by Kiki Palmer. Yes. Johnson is going to portray Michael Collins, Penny Proud's best friend guy, who is described as a non-conforming trendsetter who serves up fierce looks both at school and on the basketball. Now, the Proud family, louder and prouder, picks up the story of Penny and her madcap family and loyal crew from the original series that ran from 2001 to 2005. And from what we're hearing, the sequel series is currently in production right now and going to launch next year on Disney+. Plus. So that sounds exciting. That That's is a great exciting. Cast. Agreed, agreed. Well, Audrey Plaza, Danny DeVito, and Lucy DeVito, his daughter and fellow actor, are among voice cast for Little Demon. Now, it's an upcoming animated horror sitcom on FXX. And now, per the logline, the show follows a reluctant mother, who's played by Plaza, 13 years after being impregnated by the devil, who is Danny DeVito. She and her antichrist daughter, Lucy DeVito, attempt to live an ordinary life in Delaware, but are constantly uh, thrown through hoops by monstrous forces, including Satan himself, who yearns for custody of his daughter's soul. Little Demon is set to premiere on FXX and then be available on streaming platforms uh, like Hulu. So I, I'm just going to say this. I love Aubrey Plaza, one of my favorite actresses ever. And the idea of having her in an argument with Danny DeVito as Satan, I'm all in. Right. That is going to be fucking hilarious. Yeah. There's, I, there's just no doubt about it. Uh, Hulu, I'm excited about this one too. You know, we're getting the the, the fictional series, right? But now apparently we're going to get some real shit too. Hulu has landed an upcoming nine-part original docu-series chronicling the history of the Los Angeles Lakers. The series, which will debut in 2022, will follow the last four decades of the Lakers franchise and feature interviews with legendary players and coaches, including Magic Johnson, Shaquille O'Neal, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Phil Jackson, and and Pat Riley. It's also going to feature archival footage and never-before-seen interviews with the late Lakers owner Jerry Buss. Now, starting with Jerry Buss's acquisition of the Lakers in 1979, the series is going to chronicle the team's championship-winning Showtime era. Yeah, which HBO is going to be doing. When, yeah, exactly. Go. Okay. Uh, um. And the incredible uh, success that they had, plus the rise of Kobe and uh, Shaquille and the rebirth of the team now led by LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So spanning the whole get-go, y'all. That's going to be – it'll be interesting to watch the docuseries, which is all the real shit, and then – the series, which is the fictional look at that, all that stuff. That's going to be cool. I agree. I agree. One of the most iconic teams of all time was, spanning across all sports. That was my team back in the day. Showtime, baby. Hell yeah. Showtime. Hell yeah. That sky hook. Ooh, so good. So good. <laughs> now, Jackie Harris and George Wallace have joined the cast of Freeform's comedy pilot, Everything's Trash, in recurring roles. The iconic pair joined previously announced stars Phoebe Robinson in the half-hour pilot, and it follows Phoebe, a 30 something year old podcaster starting to navigate her messy life and mm. remember we told you about this one when her younger brother Jaden emerges as a leading politician she is forced to grow up so she relies on her friends and close-knit f- 
family to help her figure out adulthood since she has no damn clue. <laughs> George Wallace and Jackie Harry are going to be fucking hilarious yeah. together. Good call. Good call. This was um, a bad week for you. This was a bad week for you. For life, I'm not happy about. Now I'm even more pissed off about this one. We're jumping to Fox now. Fox canceled Prodigal Son. Mm, I know. What? After just two seasons, y'all, it's just in its second season. The news comes ahead of the second season finale, which hasn't even aired yet. That's scheduled to air on May 18th. That episode will now serve as the series finale. An insider with knowledge of the situation characterized the move to cancel the series as a difficult one for Fox. I call bullshit. But they went on to say that the show's ratings just didn't justify a third season. Now, we talked about this, but in this COVID era, this poor show, it was delayed numerous times because of COVID. It had to be shut down, right? It moved to new nights multiple times and then was shut down again, so you had to wait to... How did anybody expect ratings to be good? You couldn't find the show anywhere. Exactly. Fucking put it back on for a full season on the same night, the whole fucking 18 episode. I guarantee people will watch it. Right. That's all I'm saying. Just saying. Just saying. Now, Fox has ordered a single (laughs) camera comedy pivoting is for its 2021-2022 broadcast season uh, lineup. And the half-hour series stars Eliza Cope, uh, Jennifer Goodwin, Maggie Q, as three women dealing with the death of their childhood best friend. Faced with the reality that life is short and desperate attempts to find happiness, they make the series of impulsive and ill-advised and self-illigent decisions, strengthening their bond, proving it's never too late to screw your life up. Doesn't sound as good as Prodigal Son. Just saying. I'm just saying. The, the the, The Mayim Bialik and Jim Parsons comedy, Call Me Cat. That's getting a second season. By the way, it's not Big Bang Theory. It sucks. I'm just going to say it, but they're giving it a second season anyway. It ranks as the number one new comedy, apparently, tied with NBC's Young Rock. Again, I call bullshit. Young Rock is fabulous, and this one is not. Yeah. Um, the series averages apparently 5.7 million multi-platform viewers in the Nielsen's Live Plus Same Day ratings. Multi-platform, meaning not just on Fox. Right. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Prodigal son. Yaya DaCosta has been cast in a lead role of the upcoming Fox drama series, Our Kind of People. While the casting, DaCosta will exit the NBC series Chicago Med, on which she has starred uh, for six seasons. Mm. The series takes place in a, a or an especially world of Oak Bluffs of Martha's Vineyard, a historical stronghold where the rich and powerful black elite have come together for 50 years. Mm. The series follows strong-willed single mom Angela Vaughn, who's played by DaCosta, as she sets to reclaim her family's name and make an impact on the revolutionary hair care line that highlights and innates the natural beauty of black women. Oh. That's very interesting. Okay. Right? But... Apparently, she discovers she's got a dark secret. I mean... Because all shows do. All of them do. <laughs> uh, this one sounds good, too. Fox has apparently given a straight-to-series order to the drama series Accused. Now, this is apparently going to be a crime anthology where each episode opens in a courtroom on the accused without knowing their crime or how they ended up on trial. Mm. The drama is told from the defendant's point of view. Viewers discover how an ordinary person got caught up in an extraordinary situation, ultimately revealing how one wrong turn leads to another until it's too late to turn back 
and you're in trouble. Damn. Like, I, I mean, that, okay. Right, intense. That sounds intense. intense. Well, now heading over to the bunny, Warner Media. This one's by no surprise, and I mean, they said it was planned out. I call bullshit. <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres <laughs> is ending her long-running daytime talk show, The Ellen DeGeneres Show. It's going to officially end after the upcoming 2021-2022 season. DeGeneres has hosted this series since 2003, meaning the show will have run for 19 seasons by the time it all wraps up. Now, the show has been a major fixture of the daytime TV landscape through its run, and now it has even inspired a number of spinoffs. Warner mm-hmm. Brothers, had, whose uh, Telepictures Productions unit uh, produces the series, has pr- has been preparing preparing DeGeneres' departure for some time. It's understood that Jennifer Aniston is one of the stars that the studio considered of courting as a possible successor after she impressed them with her appearance on Ellen. Oh, that would be pretty cool. That would be cool to have Jennifer Aniston have a daytime talk show. Right. I think that would be pretty fucking epic. Try that. Do that. That sounds pretty good. Hey, speaking of Jen. Yes. Huh? Yeah. The long-delayed Friends reunion, you know, the one at HBO Max. Well, they're finally going to be there for us, guys. Yes. They're finally going to do it. We have a date, and it's a lot sooner than you think it is. Uh, the Friends reunion will debut on HBO Max May 27th, guys. Yeah, right around the yeah, corner. Yeah, right around the corner. So that's fantastic. Now, get this. In addition, HBO Max debuted the first teaser trailer for the special. If you guys missed it, it was fucking fantastic. The, fi- the show, of course, is going to feature all of the original friends. Jennifer, Courtney Cox, Lisa Kudrow, Matt LeBlanc, Matthew Perry, and David Schwimmer as they return to the iconic comedy's original sounds stage stage 24 on the wb lot of course um in burbank but get this guys they're not the only ones uh-uh. apparently sources close to the project uh tell us that each of the, the okay yeah we'll tell you the other in a minute but this is crazy each of those six two and a half million dollars each to come do this uh special nice yeah yeah now here's what i was gonna say they're not the only ones coming back though i guess it's gonna also feature guest stars David Beckham, Justin Bieber, BTS, James Corden, Cindy Crawford, Cara DeVille, Lady Gaga, Elliot Gould, Kit Harington, Mindy Kaling. I mean, like a shit ton of Tom Selleck. Oh, I get Tom Selleck. Of course Tom Selleck had to be there, right? Um, Maggie Wheeler, Reese Witherspoon. That one makes sense too. But yeah, just like a shit ton of people right. are going to be making appearances on it. So sounds like it's going to be badass. I know. I'm super excited. I wonder if it's going to be like their account of what the show meant to them. Yeah, yeah. Like the people who weren't on the show. Exactly. So it's going to be awesome, man. It's going to be awesome. I'm super excited. Late birthday present. Yes. Awesome. Bill Maher has tested positive for COVID-19, forcing HBO to scrap yesterday's scheduled taping of this week's episode. In a statement, HBO said Mars is fully vaccinated and feels fine, but yesterday's guests were to have included astrologist Neil deGrasse Tyson and uh, Hardcore History podcast host Dan Carlin. So, you know, it is what it is. It is yeah. what it is. I, I'm, we're keeping an eye on this one because it's long been rumored that they're trying to axe that anyway. So we'll him. see. We'll keep an eye. Jason Schwartzman, Eric Roberts, and Eric Andre are joining the cast of Danny McBride's The Righteous Gemstones with our buddy James Dumont. The HBO comedy, you guys know, this is the one that centers on the famous televangelist family with a penchant for greed. Now apparently the nine episode season two, which is currently in production, is going to see Schwartzman in the recurring role of Thaniel, a oh. journalist working on a story on the ministries. Roberts is going to play Junior, who grew up with 
with Eli and has suddenly re-entered the life. And while Andre will play Lyle Listens, a megachurch pastor from Texas who befriends Jesse and Amber. So Very nice. all kinds of trouble. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> all kinds of trouble. Man, HBO Max has confirmed, though, that it has delayed its debut of The Prince. A new date will be announced uh, later this time. Um, but the animated series that takes a satirical look at the Britain, Britain's royal family was expecting to bow in late spring. According to a source, though, the series does not portray the husband of Queen Elizabeth in a in any of the most flattering ways. So that's going to be very interesting, often depicting him in a despicable state. So kind of a dick. Uh, though the show is clearly a tongue-in-cheek, it appears the streamer isn't taking any chances with those who are grieving after Prince Philip's death. It is unclear if Philip's character will be uh, redrawn or if any changes will be made for the final product when it hits the air. So... Yeah, everything's just kind of right now. I mean, so. I get that, though. I mean, because if you guys saw the drawings, they were like, you know, yeah, it was bad. It, it was bad. bad. So good good for them for having some respect, at least while she's mourning. That, that's cool. Exactly. Uh, Jillian Jacobs and Wood Harris have both joined. Ah, and see, here we go. We're talking about this now. Uh, they've both joined HBO's upcoming drama series about the Los Angeles Lakers, which won't be called Showtime because it's on HBO. <laughs> Jacobs will appear as Chris Riley. Uh, her husband, Pat, obviously, who's played by Adrian Brody, might be the one wearing the whistle, but Chris Riley is the one with the plan. Therapist by trade, Chris uses her emotional expertise and strategic genius to shape the Lakers into champions. Harris will appear as Spencer Haywood. In 1970, Spencer Haywood took the NBA to the Supreme Court, winning the right to join the league before graduating college, therefore paving the way for future greats like LeBron James and Kobe Bryant. But the groundbreaking court case, if you guys don't remember, also won him a label troublemaker. Haywood's willingness to fight for his rights stymied the next nine years of his career. Joining the Lakers roster reignites him for hope for a championship win, but first he'll have to face his own demons. Nice. Yeah, I remember that story, and um, yeah, it, it did not go well for him in his career, yeah. Just, but he got what he wanted, and he did indeed open the door for people to be able to come in before they graduate college. So. Yeah, yeah. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Just, yeah. Well, the White House Plumbers series at HBO is rounding out its main cast. Kernan Shipka, uh, Ike Bernholtz, uh, Yoles Vasquez, David Carhoots, Rich Sommer, Kim Coates, Liam James, Nelson Arsenio, Gary Cole, Toby Huss, Zoe Levin, John Carroll Lynch, uh, Zach Orth, Tona Plaza, so many more, as you can tell. Oh, yeah. They have joined the previously announced cast members Woody Harrelson, Justin Trudeau, Dome Gleason, and Lena Headley. So, I mean, it's just exciting, exciting stuff, guys. And yeah. we told you about this one. It's about the Watergate scandal. So, yeah. You know. uh, I mean, I'm excited. Uh, you know, it's going to be good. Me it's too. Gonna be, I'm glad Kieran got something now that, that you know, uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch is. Exactly. So, yeah, uh, I know what you're thinking. What is Titania uh, Masalni going to be able to do now that she's doing She-Hulk? Will she still be involved with Orange is the New Black? Well, apparently she will be. She's going to return as the narrator of season two of Orphan Black, the next chapter, which is the podcast set after the events of the TV show from the audio entertainment company Realm. Now, in addition, Maslani will executive produce and star in an all-new Realm dark comedy called Power Trip. Now, the podcast one, Orphan Black, the next chapter, season two, is set to premiere in October of this year. So, 
She's she's gonna work Marvel and HBO. It's fine. It's right, fine. right. HBO Max has given a series ordered to the family friendly comedy Gorita Chronicles, and that hails from Zoe or yeah Zoe Saldana Sinchez. So yeah, pictures and uh, <laughs> Osprey Production, the Latino focused series, stars. Diana Maria Riva, Juan Xavier Carnides, and Olivia Goncules. Uh, <laughs> I'm just getting all these no, awful ones, Yeah, you're getting ones, the hard man. ones. It's uh, fine. It's Eva Longoria directed the pilot and will serve as ex- executive producer. Per the log line, Gordita Chronicles centers on a willing full uh, 12-year-old Dominican girl who struggles to hit the heroism of the 19... Or the Oh, shit. The drama of the 1980s Miami as her family uh, pursues the american dream mm. sounds intense uh, this next one is surprising to me because i'm old and i was around when the cw made its debut and it was like on one night a week uh <laughs> i'm not even kidding one night a week maybe two shows seriously now the cw plans to add two hour block saturday primetime shows to its schedule this fall programming and that'll be the first a full seven night week for the first time in its 15 year history guys the additional two hours will bump the cw's programming output up to 14 hours a week the cw will announce its regular saturday programming lineup when it reveals its full fall schedule on may 25th so they're going to actually have seven all seven nights covered with shows and like that's amazing that's epic. i mean this this thing came out as the fourth network and nobody thought like oh shit what's going on you know or fifth network fifth fox was the fifth network and everybody thought a joke but here they are exactly 15 years later killing it man exactly legends of the hidden temple is heading back to the small screen but not as its original kid-friendly format the nickelodeon competition adventure series from the 1990s is all grown up in a revival ordered tuesday by the cw the original nickelodeon series that aired from 1993 to 95 which inspired by uh, Nintendo's The Legend of Zelda game and the Indiana Jones movies franchise. Uh, The new iteration is described as a supersized and reimagined adult version. So participants are no longer kids but nostalgia loving millennials will love it. Mm. Will it air on Saturday? Exactly. (laughs) Is that part of their block? We'll find out. Hey, jumping over to the ICOM CBS, ahead of the release of A Quiet Place Part 2, finally, by the way, uh, John Krasinski and his Sunday Night Banner have apparently inked a first-look deal with Paramount Pictures. The next film to be made under the new Paramount Pact will be an untitled feature already dated. They already have a date for it, November 17, 2023. It'll be written and directed by Krasinski and will star him and Ryan Reynolds. Oh, okay. That's going to be fantastic. Now, in recent days, Reynolds' production company, Maximum Effort, also inked a first-look deal with Paramount. So it doesn't really make sense. They'll be working on something together. Sunday Night's Slate um, includes a new installment of the Quiet Place franchise, like, duh, Quiet Place 3. I don't know how they're doing that. And another one, a thriller called Apartment 7A. Mm. So Krasinski is busy right at the eye that's all i'm saying just makes sense just makes sense well infinite starring mark Wahlberg and directed by anton fuqua will premiere now on the paramount plus in june oh uh, skipping an official theatrical release date the sci-fi thriller was originally slated to hit theaters september 24th damn yeah, that one is all – COVID caused all kinds of trouble for that. If you guys watched Wall Street, you saw filming on it was delayed and he was stuck over there for like a long time before he could finish the movie because of COVID. Now, 
Can't even like right. that. Damn. Hey, the iCarly revival series that we told you about. Are you excited? I'm pretty excited. I'll admit it. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I like iCarly. Uh, it now has a premiere date, June 17th on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, in the new series, set 10 years after the original, Miranda Cosgrove returns as Carly Shay, the original webcast influencer. Jerry Trainer also reprises his role as her goofy brother, Spencer. And Nathan Kress is returning as Freddy, Carly's geeky, kind-hearted friend and cameraman. Mm. Yeah, very fun. I, I'm excited about this one. Yeah, I, I think, think it's, it's going to be good. Be good. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland is heading back to his espionage roots and a new drama series for Paramount+. Plus. It's an untitled series at the moment, and it has received eight-episode order at the streamer. It finds uh, private espionage operative James Ware Sutherland in the midst of a battle over the preservation of the democracy and the world at odds with misinformation, behavioral manipulation, and surveillance state that interests that control extraordinary powers. Oh, that's a lot happening. This sounds like a mix between 24 and person of interest. Yeah, right. Just saying. Damn. We'll see. All right. Hey, The Game. You remember The Game? It was a pretty awesome show. Well, there's a revival of it, apparently, that's been ordered to series at Paramount Plus with the original series stars, Wendy Raquel Robinson and Jose Azurez, uh, set to return. Now, Robinson will reprise the role of sports agent Tasha Mack, while Chenchez will once again play footballer Malik Wright. Both starred in the entire nine-season run of the original series. Several other original cast members will also appear in the series. The revival is also going to relocate from San Diego to Las Vegas. Mm. The half-hour series has been given a 10-episode order. Very cool. So there you go. Very cool. CBS has added one more comedy and one more drama to its fall TV lineup uh, with the series orders for Smallwood and Good Sam. Now, Smallwood is based on the real-life story of professional bowler Tom Smallwood, starring Pete Holmes, uh, Chai McBride, and Kate Lowe's. Now, Good Sam, meanwhile, stars Sophia Bush, Jason Isaacs, Edwin Hodge, Sky P. Marshall, who we've had on the show, uh, Michael Staw David, uh, Davi Santos, uh, Amar Maski, and Wendy Crewson. The drama series is centered on a talented but stifled surgeon who steps into a leadership role after her renowned promising boss falls into a coma. But when he awakens from his coma, he looks to get back to work. It falls into her supervised this overbearing blowhard who never had acknowledged her talents. And it also happens to be her father. Oh. Damn. Well, damn. Daddy issues. Oh, yeah. That, that, hmm. This is an interesting one to me. This one right here. SEAL Team and Clarice. Clarice just just came on, man. But apparently both of them might be on the move. We've uh, learned that sources say that there are plans taking shape to move the series off of CBS to Viacom's streaming platform, Paramount+. Plus. Mm. According to those sources, the current plan would be to air a few episodes of the fifth season of SEAL Team on CBS before moving it over to Paramount+. Plus. Though deal for this are still being worked out. The move would likely also mean a reduced episode count for the series, which ran for 22 episodes in the first two seasons, then 20 in season three, and only 16 in season four. 
with season four set to wrap up on May 26. Now Clarice, meanwhile, would move to Paramount Plus for its entirety in its second season. Mm. I just find that like, why? Why are they moving them? Right. Like, I'm just curious. Well, first of all, I thought Clarice was already a Paramount like plus original. I had no idea. There and you go. then Seal Team, I like that's huge for them. So yeah, I'm very I mean, confused by me that too. one. Uh, now heading over to NBC Universal. This was huge at the beginning of last week. NBC announced in a statement this week that they will not be airing the Golden Globes for 2022. Now this means that the Hollywood Foreign Press Association will now have to decide how or if it even will move forward next year without its broadcast partner. Or more swiftly, intact changes demanded by industry leaders regardless of uh, organizations' memberships and processes. The announcement came after several major key players in the awards space, including Netflix, Amazon, and WarnerMedia, revealed that they were boycotting the Globes and the HFPA until they could be reassured that real change is coming to Hollywood Foreign Press. Mm. So, damn, man. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And hey, Tom Cruise, nobody gives a shit if you gave yours back. Yeah, right? Like, it's fine. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's fine. Just saying. A nice try, buddy, after everybody else boycotted. <laughs> nice. Uh, hey, Phil Lord and Chris Miller are set to produce and direct the film adaptation of The Premonition, a pandemic story. Amy Pascal will also produce Universal Pictures' option the screen rights to the new book about the early days of the COVID-19 and those U.S. heroes who tried to warn against the dangers of underestimating the deadly seriousness of the killer virus. The nonfiction story is going to follow three central characters, a biochemist, a public health worker, and a federal government employee who worked in the White House as they confront the COVID-19 pandemic and try to find the response from the United States government being woefully inadequate. Now, the tone for the film is being described as similar to All the President's Men, focusing on the book's distinct characters who risked everything in the hopes of saving lives. Now, why is this important? Amy Pascal and the boys are reteaming. You might remember that they were the masterminds behind Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse when Amy Pascal was still working for Sony. Yeah. So I feel like this will be a good combination. Agreed, agreed. And for the first time in at least 50 years, NBC will start a season with no half-hour comedies on its schedule, like new shows coming out. NBC is instead saving returning shows like Keenan, which we're surprised about, because remember, I mean, he's still doing SNL, so he's traveling back and forth both coasts. Mr. Mailer is coming back, and of course, Young Rock. And uh, the first year series, American Auto and Grand Crew for early 2022. So, man, crazy things happening. I know. I mean, okay. And in the non-surprising story that everybody's surprised about if you listen to our show you'd know this is us will officially end its run on nbc after season six yes season five of the series is currently airing with season six set to begin shooting this summer for a debut during the 2021-22 season now the hit family drama was renewed for through through season six back in 2019 and this is when we told you about it guys uh the creative team behind the show at that point said on multiple occasions that they always planned on wrapping the show up after its sixth season. It had a six-season plan, and they were sticking to it. So why is this a surprise? Exactly. They said that three years ago. Pay attention, people. Just saying, just saying. Now, Law & Order Organized Cry... Have you been watching it? We love it. Oh, yeah. Uh, has been renewed for its second season. The Dick Wolf drama 
will return this fall as part of an all LNO power block on Thursday night, along with new drama Law and Order for the Defense and the 23rd season of SVU. Damn. Exciting stuff, man. Damn. But it's not all Dick Wolf. It's not, not, you know, the NBC is not just the Dick Wolf network. NBC's also given a pilot order to the one hour drama Dangerous Moms. The series is described as an off center dark dramedy about four diverse mothers who accidentally kill the queen bee of their school's PTA mm. during their demonstration of a new high end food processor the story becomes a female anthem about friendship and family as it tells the story of one completely unprepared group of women who must juggle their everyday lives while their worlds are turned upside down Mm. that sounds funny and disturbing right at the same same. exact time (laughs) now there are four nbc shows that are on the bubble and are still waiting their verdicts now Good Girls, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, Manifest, and Debris. And, I mean, it's crazy right now because there's some industry buzz that Good Girls might move to Netflix because, as some people know, they are co-partner distribution with Netflix. And, I mean, after the season airs, it goes to Netflix. Uh, But Zoe's could shift over to the Peacock, which I wouldn't be mad about because they do way better in day-after numbers and streaming numbers. But executives have nothing to say on any of these decisions yet, so... It's very interesting. And I don't understand because Manifest and Debris and all these shows are doing pretty good in the ratings. I mean, I know Zoe's goes up and down, but like they're all – so I'd be pissed. I would be pissed. I would be too. Hey, but don't worry because the sun will come out tomorrow. It it always does. Always. Especially if you're Annie. Ha-ha. NBC is getting a new deal for Christmas and it's back into the live TV musical business with Annie. Annie Live. It landed at NBC after apparently being shopped to all four major broadcast networks. Wowzers. And apparently three of them passed. Right? (laughs) Kind of crazy. All right. Kind of crazy. NBC, take some chances. Go with Annie Live. Definitely. Definitely. Hey, did you guys watch last week's Saturday Night Live with Elon Musk? I did. And man, I feel bad because I'm backtracking (laughs) my statements. It was actually pretty good. And Elon Musk turned as Saturday Night Live host brought the NBC late night men's day for its third highest ratings of the season. Now, the May 8th edition of SNL averaged between 4.8 household and the rating Nelson's overnight, uh, metered markets, and with a 2.7 adult rating, you know, that key demographic, 18 to 49. That put Must episode at number three behind Dave Chappelle's outing as host on November 7th and the October 3rd season premiere fronted by Chris Rock. Must hide the ratings uh, mark on set on October 24th, 4th, with the episode hosted by Adele and her in the music time slot. So, I Ooh. mean, I a lot of people were tuning in just to see how it was going to be, and it was actually pretty damn good. Well, there you go. And, uh, hey, the numbers helped because Miley got a little something out of it, too. We'll tell you that in a minute. Um, you, hey, what's NBC's longest-running series? You think SVU, right? 23 years, getting ready to go, but you're not even close. Apparently, it's Days of Our Lives. Days of Our Lives has been renewed for season 57 and 58 at NBC. The series recently celebrated its 55th anniversary in 2020 with season 56 of the show currently airing. It, it, it's aired its 14,000th episode in December and does, as I said, remains the longest running series on NBC. That's crazy. 58 years I wow. can't even imagine. Wow. I mean, some of the people are probably dead when, like, 
oh who yeah were on it from when it first started like <laughs> yeah. absolutely insane Woo! uh now a third psych revival movie titled psych 3 this is gus has been ordered at peacock in the film in preparation for a shotgun wedding before baby guster is coming aboard sean and uh groomzilla gus <laughs> go rogue in an attempt to track down uh, selena's uh, strange husband as lassiter grapples with the future of his career oh right oh i love psych so i'm pumped about this dooley hill is just one of my favorite guys he's fantastic i uh, can't wait the joe exotic series remember we've been telling you about this that stars kate mckinnon and john cameron mitchell well guys they've changed plans they're not going to put it all over everything nbc owns apparently now it will stream exclusively on peacock instead of all the other ones like originally planned. According to an individual with knowledge of the production, the move comes as the multi-platform order was made prior to Susan Rover assuming her role as chairman of entertainment uh, for NBC. Apparently she didn't like that idea, <laughs> and she uh, and her team have made the decision to put it on just the Peacock, and it says they decided the streamer was the best fit for the show. Agreed. Right? Right? <laughs> well, my boy John Cena will create and produce a new WWE series uh, for the Peacock that centers around antagonist of the sport. Cena, a oh. WWE icon, as well as an actor and a television presenter and the occasional rapper, will also narrate WWE Evil, which is described Ooh. as an entertaining psychological expose into the minds of the most diabolical characters in the WWE history and their impact on the mainstream culture very exciting and this comes by no surprise if he's still affiliated with them wwe also made that huge deal with nbc universal and the peacock so it this makes sense oh yeah definitely definitely in what doesn't make sense yeah, this is weird <laughs> yeah just weird is the perfect word uh demi lovato will find out if the truth is out there in a new limited unscripted series about ufos that's been ordered at Peacock. Yeah. But it's not just Demi. Mm -mm. In Unidentified with Demi Lovato, the music superstar and actress, her skeptical friend Matthew, and her little sister Dallas are going to attempt to help uncover the truth about UFO phenomena. Mm. While consulting with leading experts, the trio will investigate recent eyewitness encounters, uncover real secret government reports, and conduct tests at known UFO hotspots. Peacock has given a, the show a four-episode order Hmm. Lovato right. will executive produce in addition to starring. Very hmm. interesting. Uh, Peacock is expanding its unscripted offerings with a 13-part docu-series from Paris Hilton, a new music competition series featuring JoJo Swaya, and a hybrid alternative scripted series hosted by Ed Helms and Randall Park. Hilton's docu-series, uh, tentatively titled Paris in Love, <laughs> not Emily in Paris, uh, follows the international influencer as she prepares to get married to venture capitalist Carter Room. The series will feature everything from Paris's bridal dress shopping to choosing her wedding venue and participating in what the network describes as a certain what will certainly be fun and crazily bachelorette party the series mm. will also capture the wedding itself and promises to showcase a personal side of paris hilton that only her closest friend and family get to see <laughs> yeah just i think we've all seen paris's personal side just yeah just all right i mean you know 
Yeah. I don't know. Paris Just, Paris in Love. It's not a sequel to A Night in Paris. No. 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 <laughs> Say it. Just gonna leave that alone. Hey, that news about Miley Cyrus getting some boom from uh, Saturday Night Live. Also, well, she's cementing her relationship with the Peacock. Apparently, she has signed an overall talent development deal with NBC Universal Television and the streaming. The pact includes a first look arrangement between Cyrus's production company, Hope Town Entertainment, which she runs with her mom Tish. Hope Town will develop scripted and unscripted projects for NBC's outlets, including NBC, Bravo, E, Oxygen, Sci. Universal Kids, USA, and Peacock. Cyrus may serve as a producer, performer, and or host on any number of the network cable streaming and syndication programs. That's awesome. That's a lot. Yeah, right? Well, Sony, everybody I'm sure has seen the trailer for the long-awaited Venom sequel finally dropped, and as expected, highlighted the new villain Carnage. Viewers got a sneak peek as the red symbiote character from the comics, who was briefly introduced at the end of the first Venom film and that post credit scene, released back in 2018 in the trailer, uh... Kalatus Cassidy, uh, Woody Harrelson, a, a crazy serial killer, survives a lethal injection in prison, which appears to have awakened the symbiote, and inside of him, it, it transforms him into carnage. He and Tom Hardy, whose character Eddie Brock has made a peace with the alter ego Venom, battle it out a massive symbiote showdown. The trailer is just freaking awesome, guys. It was. Like, Eddie is just dealing with Venom. It's great. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fantastic. And and Woody Harrelson is carnage. They could not have done better, uh, in my opinion. Hey, MGM's got a story. <laughs> what? Right? What? Apparently, uh, Eon Bailey from Band of Brothers is set as a lead opposite Harold Perrineau in From. Oh, yeah. We told you about From last week. Now, that's that one uh, that that's like they're in this crazy like town with the sheriff who's trying to keep them there because they're battling weird tree creatures and shit. Remember we told you about that? Well, okay. Bailey apparently is going to play Jim Matthews, who along with his wife is struggling in the aftermath of a personal tragedy and suddenly finds himself and his family trapped in that town it's right? gonna be scary it really is man <laughs> i mean there's so much stuff that going was a on. lot of that was a weird one it was it, it, I, I just i i yeah uh lionsgate robert de niro has joined the cast of Bobby! about my father an upcoming film that's loosely based on the life of uh stand-up comic sebastian maliscoco uh, de niro is set to play the dad and the salvo in the movie so, reuniting the pair after the first appearing together in Martin Scorsese's mob drama, The Irishman, the in about, father, about my father, Sebastian tells his old-school Italian immigrant dad about his plans to propose to his all-American girlfriend, prompting Salvo to insist on crashing a weekend with her parents. Oh. Very funny. Okay, so kind of like a meet-the-parents type. Yeah. He likes those things. Yeah, hopefully I, Bobby's okay, too. He just injured his leg. I know. I said They said it wouldn't affect the filming that he's doing, but yeah. hey, we'll see. Yeah. You're good, Bobby. Call us. Call us, Bob, if you need anything. It's all we, good. We got you. We'll, we'll take you out to McAllister's. Uh, <laughs> Betty Gilpin, Shay Wingham, and Darby Camp. Well, they're all being cast in the upcoming Stars Watergate drama series. That's right. White House Plumbers isn't the only one. Gaslit. The trio joins previously announced cast members Julia Roberts, Sean Penn, and Dan Stevens. Now, the story will center on Martha Mitchell, a big personality with an even bigger mouth. Martha is a celebrity Arkansas socialite and wife to President Nixon's loyal Attorney General John Mitchell. Despite her party affiliation, she's the first person to publicly sound the alarm 
on Nixon's involvement in Watergate, causing both the presidency and her personal life to unravel. Mm. So two Watergate series coming. Right? Oh. They seem to come in pairs. They mm-hmm, seem to come in mm-hmm. pairs. Well, guys, if you haven't seen the Star Stub cast that's going to be attached to freaking uh, Knives Out Woo! 2, I mean, Netflix is doing some things, man. Edward Norton, Janelle Monet, Catherine Hahn, Dave Bautista have all been cast in the sequel to Knives Out. They joined Daniel Craig, who's uh, Detective Benoit Blanc. Uh, propelled in the first movie of the box office glory and an undisclosed role. Uh, plot details for the follow-up film have been kept under wraps, and it's unclear if any of their stars from the original original ensemble will be returning. But, I mean, it's super badass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Catherine Hahn, y'all. Yes. It was her all the time. The whole time. <laughs> She's got to be the bad guy. That would be fucking epic if she turns out to be the bad right. guy in it, right? I'm just saying. Hey! All right, J-Lo's excited about this one, so this sounds pretty good. I bet, I mean, shit tons of people are proud of J-Lo's really excited about this next one, and I bet a bunch of people are too! A Bridgerton spinoff about a young Queen Charlotte has been ordered to series at Netflix. Now, along with delving into the origin story of Queen Charlotte, the limited series will also follow young Violet. Violet Bridgerton, and Lady Danbury. Rhonda Shimes is set to write and executive produce with Betsy Beers and Tom Verica also executing producing. So you're excited. I am. I'm very excited. Whoo! How's everybody doing? Need a little water? Need a little, I need a little water. We told you this was a big one. We're this almost is a there. a lot of industry news, guys. Exactly. Hey, Millie Bobby Brown. Yes, we love Millie Bobby Brown. It, Henry Cavill, we love Henry Cavill. Did you like that Sherlock's, you know, Sherlock show that they did together? You know you did. Well, guess what? Millie Bobby's coming back to solve more mysteries as Enola Holmes, and Henry's going to join her as Big Brother Sherlock. That's exciting. It's going to put the dynamic female twist on the world's greatest detective once again. Director Harry Barbier and writer Jack Thorne are also returning for the sequel. That's good because it did huge for Netflix, and I thought they were great together. I'm excited about that one. Right. Uh, Matt L. Television and Netflix released the first look of Masters of the Universe Revelation, and it turns out that the characters including He-Man, Skeletor, Tila, and Orkido are look at what they look like in back in the beloved 1980s animated series. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe just bit more modernized. Yeah. Uh, they have announced that the show will premiere globally July 23rd, so be Mark in your calendar for that. Uh, Revelation picks up where the original series left off back in 1985. The first episodes revolve around a life-changing battle between He-Man and his longtime nemesis Skeletor, after which the planet of Eterna is left broken and He-Man's uh, comparts are fractured in a strange He-Man's uh, compatriot Tela, Tila, uh, who undergoes a dramatic visual update on the series, is tasked with reuniting her old friends in order to save Eterna and the universe. It's going to be badass. That's all I'm going to say. I was a huge fan of the original. And <laughs> how old is <laughs> I was 15 when the original ended. Now we're getting the sequel. And we're just going to leave it right there because we're not going to say how old I am now. But it was a long time ago, y'all. And I just personally can't wait for Mark Hamill's Skeletor. Yeah. That's going to be so badass. This sounds really good, too. 
Pray Away, a documentary that holds up a microscope to the Pray Away the Gay movement that is coming to Netflix. The film, from executive producers Jason Bloom and Ryan Murphy, will debut on the streaming service in August. Prior to its arrival on Netflix, uh, Pray Away will premiere at the Tribeca Film Festival on June 16th. Now, if you're not familiar with it, it was initially slated to open at the 2020 uh, Tribeca, not Tribeca, Tribeca Film Festival, which was paused in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic. This year's edition will run from June 9th through 20th and will be held across New York City's five boroughs like it always is. This one just sounds, because this is like a crazy-ass movement, y'all. And so the docu-series highlighting it, good. Yeah. Because it's fucking crazy. It is. It is. Pray away the gay. What the fuck? Netflix has given a series order to uh, Uncoupled, a comedy starring Darren Starr and Jeffrey Richmond, a newly single gay man whose life changes after his husband walks out on him. Netflix ordered eight episodes, uh, half-hour episodes of the single-camera comedy from MTV Television Studios and Jax Media. Starr and Richmond uh, created the series when we'll, we'll executive produce and Jax, Tony Hernandez, and Lily Burns are all up on board to executive produce as well. Oh, fantastic. Hey, Fluffy, a.k.a. Gabrielle Iglesias, has partnered with Netflix for another stand-up comedy special. This is going to be good. Entitled The Comedy Event, it will launch on the streamer later this year. The special will be filmed at Tobin Center for Performing Arts in San Antonio, Texas, where the comedian and actor is performing for four weeks of sold-out shows. The special will be filmed on the last night of the run. So, that, I, I mean, I love him. He's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte Brentstorm, going over to Amazon, has signed to direct on... Two episodes of Amazon's The Lord of the Rings TV series. The Swedish-French director has a plethora of credits over 30 feature films, miniseries, and episodes of Grey's Anatomy, Man in the High Castle, Outlander, and The Witcher. She has also directed two episodes of Netflix's latest superhero series, Jupiter's Legacy. So you're saying she's got some experience. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. (laughs) Production's also begun on the Amazon Studios' Western series, The English, starring Emily blunt the six-part series which is currently filming in spain it's set in the american western midwest okay it's filming in spain uh it's set in mid-american landscape of the 1890s wild wild west and follows cornella Locke, an english woman who arrives in the new and wild landscape of the west to get revenge on the man she sees as responsible for the death of her son upon meeting eli whip an ex-cavalry uh, scout and member of the Pawnee Nation by birth, they join together and discover a shared history which must be defeated at all costs if either of them are to survive. Very intense, man. I mean, that Very sounds intense. why not just film that shit in New Mexico? Right, exactly. It's about the wild, wild. Who knows? Amazon announced that its <laughs> final season of Bosch will premiere on June 25th. All eight episodes will launch at once. The new season kicks off when a ten-year-old girl dies in an arson fire, prompting Detective Harry Bosch to risk everything to bring her killer to justice, despite uh, the or the opposition of the powerful forces. Hey, but don't worry. That spinoff starring Bosch that picks up right after Bosch. It's coming. Still Bosch. It does. I just still don't understand that. Still Bosch. Yeah, still Bosch. Just keep Bosch. I I don't know. 
Amazon's decided not to move forward with the series The Banker's Wife. Now, according to sources close to the internationally set show, it proved too difficult to shoot due to COVID-19 production delays. Uh, The Banker's Wife was nearing the final stages of pre-production when COVID hit, uh, and since then, it's been stalled. However, there is hope among producers of setting the show up somewhere else down the road. Cool, man. Cool. And something else that's really cool, Russell Wilson and Sierra have signed a first look television film deal with Amazon. The pair will develop and produce scripted series and films with Amazon Studios through their production company, Why Not You Productions. So that's pretty freaking dope. Why not who? Exactly. Why not you? Who? You. Oh. Oh. Hey. Jump into Apple and the only O that matters. That's right. You know her. You love her. We do. Come on the show. Oprah. Come on. The Me You Can't See. The mental health documentary series from Oprah and, hey, that other guy, Prince Harry. It's going to apparently premiere May 21st on Apple TV. In the series, co-creators and executive producers, the only O that matters, and Harry, guide discussions about mental health and emotional well-being while opening up their own mental health journeys and struggles. Ooh, will Megan be on it? Mm. Alongside a range of people from across the globe, Megan, living with challenges of mental health issues, the show features high-profile guests including Lady Gaga, Glenn Close, San Antonio Spurs' DeMar DeRozan, Phoenix Suns' Langston Galloway, mental health advocate and speaker Zach Williams, Olympic boxer Virginia Ginny Fuchs, and celebrity chef Rashad Amistad and Megan Mar... It doesn't say Megan Markle, but hey, maybe... Maybe. Um, it would be pretty badass. I mean, she did say all that. It only makes sense that she would be on that. Exactly. Just... Well, Jamie Bell has signed on to star opposite of Elizabeth Moss and Wenger Mora in the Apple series Shining Girls. Bell will play a role of Harper, a metaphysiological – or it's in the meso- metaphysical thriller. There you go. Harper is described as a mysterious loner with a surprising connection to Moss's character, Kirby. Kirby is a Chicago reporter who survived a brutal assault only to find the reality shifting as she hunts down her attacker. Moore will play Dan, a veteran journalist, breaking the winding story of the copycat attack. Mm-hmm. That sounds intense. Right. Apple always bringing some intense shit, man. Uh, Cherry Jones. Hey, she's the latest to join the cast of the upcoming Apple drama series Five Days at Memorial. You know, we've told you about this one. Jones is going to play Susan Mulderick, a hospital nursing director and the head of the Emergency Preparedness Committee, who becomes the designated incident commander for Hurricane Katrina. Jones joins previously announced cast members Vera Famiga, Indrepo Odoyo, Julian Emery, and Cornelius Smith Jr. Now, that's about the one at Memorial Hospital after Hurricane Katrina with that craziness. We've told you about it. Yes. Now, the last one of the industry news. On May 20th, Roku will debut its first batch of Roku Originals, a collection of 30 shows originally produced for Quibi. Now, the shows span genres and formats comprising of scripted series, uh, documentaries, alternative and reality programming. Among the first Roku Originals coming next week are Kevin Hart's action series Die Hard, <laughs> Emmy-winning drama Free Rashawn, starring Lawrence Fishburne and Jasmine Cephas Jones, and the revival of Comedy Central's Reno 911, and Dummy, starring Anna Kendrick as a woman who befriends her boyfriend's sex doll. The lineup also includes Chrissy's Torque, 
uh, court, a Judge Judy-style show starring Chrissy Teigen, a reboot of MTV's Punk, hosted by Chance the Rapper, Jennifer Lopez's money giveaway reality show, Thanks a Million, and so much more. If you have Quibi, basically all the content that was on Quibi is going to be right there right now. For so, free. For free. Yeah, you don't even have to, you know, fucking do any of that stupid shit. And they did promise that there will be commercials, but only after the show, and they're sticking to the format. None of these shows will be longer than what they were supposed to be on Quibi. So there you go. All the short fun, like always. Did Anna Kendrick befriends her boyfriend's sex doll? Yeah, I know. I know. That's one to watch for sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> woo! We got through it, man. It happened. We, woo! I know, right? We're man, there. Jason. Yeah. Jason, was, our producer, loading us up, man. It was crazy. Damn, was he, crazy. he takes it seriously if it's happening in Hollywood. We'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Seriously. Oh, man. But now it's time for our guest segment. You guys know we got Jennifer Coppin coming on the show. Yes. She's a badass, guys. So motherly. I mean, she was just so awesome to talk to. So sweet, so kind. And, I mean, she comes from theater but is a huge star in Debris right now. That's awesome to talk about. Oh, yeah, yeah. And just her, her, the, her process about how she approaches the roles and how and how she auditions and like the partner that she auditions it's so much valuable information in this interview guys you're gonna love it agreed agreed well here she is jennifer copping welcome inside the crazy ant form how are you i'm doing great how are you guys doing oh we're doing awesome awesome thrilled to have you on the show tonight for sure Thank you. It's great to be here. Where are you guys? At the moment, we are in Charlotte, North Carolina, but we're originally L.A. based. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah. So I've I mean, never been to North Carolina. Yeah, it's it's an interesting but place to I say did. the least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a great place. Um, that's what I know about it. But I have lived in Los Angeles, so we have one place in common. There yes, you go. exactly, exactly. Well, we're also filmmakers, so with all the COVID stuff happening and some family stuff, we decided to ride it out in. North Carolina with some family, but we're looking really hard to get yeah. back out to LA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll happen. Exactly, it'll happen. exactly. It's all about that positive mindset. It's all about that positive mindset. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we like to do at the beginning of every interview is kind of introduce you to our listeners. We have a lot of up-and-comers trying to make it in the entertainment industry, and that's kind of what we built the show around is to kind of pass along a little piece of advice and to tell other uh, up-and-comers and actors stories on how they got into it. So let's start with you. How did you get into the entertainment industry? Was it something you always wanted to do? We see that you're majority in theater, but of course right now you're on a huge show to uh, well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Such a fun show. I mean, how did I get so lucky? I don't even know. I like, I wake up every day with a smile on my face going, oh my gosh, I'm so lucky to be working with such amazing people and playing such a, well, she's traumatized, but as an actor, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. I can only imagine. But right, I am yeah. also a yeah. fellow thespian. So is that how you got started? You started doing theater work first? Yeah. Yeah, I my my folks put me into dance at a really early age. Like I think I was four, actually. Mm. It sounds crazy now, but yeah, I started dancing at four, and and then singing maybe like around ten, and and uh, and then had my first agent at fifteen. Mm, wow. Okay. And yeah, yeah, and I started working professionally at fifteen. Um, I did I did a couple of tours. Uh, of a musical, Anne of Green Gables, which was really fun. I did that for two summers and 
and then got cast in Les Miserables when I was 18 and did a, a national tour of that for a year. And so, yeah, by the time I was 19, I had I had a lot of professional theater under my belt. I had done probably 10 different um, appearances in, in film and TV roles, um, some of them guest stars already by 19 and 20 years old. So I was, I was really cutting my teeth that, that term. Like I was really trying everything so so quickly that um I look at it now and I, I work with actors I'm a teacher I'm a mentor and a coach and and I worked hard but I also had a lot of breaks very young mm. I was really lucky so you know when, so it was a combination yeah, yeah yeah and and when you were doing all the theater and you were doing the touring and everything uh, I know you mentioned that you sprinkled the film and television in there was that always the goal is to kind of transition into film and TV or did you think it was going to be I love theater I'm gonna I'm gonna make this the the, the area I want to go in or or what was that like no I very uh I had a great agent at a young age and, and he really supported me in doing what I loved. Right. So that it was, that there, there were no, um, you're not just a theater actor. You're not just a TV or film actor. Right. So every time a, a, a project would come up that he would ask if I'd want to audition for, it really felt like every second one was one or the other. Like it was very, um, balanced. And so I didn't come up thinking that you would ever have to make a choice. And then when I got older, you know, got into my twenties and thirties, I started to meet actors that were coming out of theater school that really had this feeling that they had to choose a path. They had to do one or the other. And I've just, it's kind it's kind of become my mission as a teacher. I, I teach classes and I call them making connection. Mm. And it's kind of like, it's, 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 triple fold. So it's making, what are your connections as an actor that you tap into? What are the, you know, you hear it uh, as an actor, you hear like, what are your triggers or what are your, what are your sense memories that you use or whatever your methods are. But I, I talk about like with my students, I'll say like, what, yeah, what, what can you connect to inside that, that actually makes what you're doing feel real for you Mm. in, in each scenario. And then the next layer would be um, how how is working in the theater the same as working in front of a camera, and how is it different? It is there's definitely differences, but I mostly focus on how it's the same and how it's similar. Um, so I make that connection for people, just so it takes the fear out of it. I think I think young actors that come up in the theater and, and theater school they they can be really afraid of the camera, afraid they're going to be too big or something, and. I just go, just hang out with me for an afternoon. Look how big I am in real life. I'm, I'm, you know, when I'm passionate, and I like, like right now, I go, oh, I love talking about acting. You know? <laughs> no, we yeah. couldn't tell. We couldn't tell. No. No, no, no. I, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's about connecting those dots for yourself and going like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not too big or too much for anything. It's like the, the, the characters, the relationship, the story. That's. That's where you put your energy. You don't worry about the rest of it. Oh, Let I the director love that. worry about that. Yeah, exactly. And then they'll tell you where to go, what to look at, all these good things. And I want to talk about yeah. your process a little bit. Are you more of like a method actor or do you pull from personal experiences or research? Or how does all of that like come about? Because I'm always so curious. I, I do all of the above. Everything you just said. <laughs> I, do, I do all of it. I do. 
I do. I, I first look for the things that I just relate to that, that are like, well, that's easy. I know what that is. Mm-hmm. You know, I know, I know where that lives in me. I know what that fear is. And I, so there's that. And then if, if a character has suffered a loss, is there a loss I've suffered or, or someone I know who's suffered a loss that, that I can kind of just uh, have empathy because I know what they went through? Mm-hmm. And can I put that into the character? And then, and then like with Julia, I, I do have boys. I have two boys with my husband. Uh, so I can imagine, right. I can imagine if I, there was a car accident. So in the story, Julia has had a car accident when their son was four mm-hmm. right? and basically can't get over it. Just, just is so deeply traumatized and shame and full of shame and guilt for what happened and how it, you know, changed the trajectory of his life. Um, put him in a wheelchair and trapped him in his body, basically. Um, and and so for me, I, I didn't have anything in my life that I could relate to with that. So I went to not so much method, but but um, Strasbourg, like like um, which is method, but but more the um, uh, sense memories, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. creating creating what it, what happened in that in that accident all of the details the minutiae of the details so i did that work it was very painful <laughs> it was very deep can imagine and then when we right and then when we went to um i remember my friend that did it with me uh we did it over zoom and then and then he was he, he was like do you have any idea how hard you were sobbing tears <laughs> <laughs> just streaming and i said i think you know so in it i don't even remember but yeah that was, but everything felt so real that when we went to shoot our big scene um, that we did in in episode 109, it was sort of no acting required. It's just I had had that experience, and I knew I knew we knew what we were talking about, you know. Definitely, and I think that's the beautiful thing about being an actor. You put yourself in other people's shoes all the time, whether it be good, whether mm-hmm. it be bad, especially a dramatic life experience like that. I can only imagine mm-hmm. what you had to put yourself through and try to teach yourself how to get to that point. I mean, that's just insane to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, and it kind of goes back to what you were talking about with your teaching in the classes about connection, right? Because I feel like whenever you can mm-hmm. connect to the character like that or connect to something that happened to you in real life, or even just the senses of it, that's what connects to the audience. And I feel like that's always what makes things successful, when the audience can connect to the character in a way that they feel personal towards, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and they may not even know what it is that they're connecting to. It could be a a look or a breath or a, um, uh, yeah, like like, um, a pause that that is um, so full and, and... deep and you don't know what the person's thinking, but you're, you're getting drawn in. Yep. That's yeah. It's, it's all that subtext that, that you need to create ahead of time so that when you say the words, it's just all there. Mm. Deep. That's yeah. very deep. So, all right. Well, let's talk about it because you've you've kind of dove deep into into the character and, and the show a little bit. Talk about the casting process for Debris. How was that? Because I know that the creator was like like looking for somebody that he felt like could could stand up to the character of the husband, right? That of Craig. That that he needed somebody that could go toe to toe with him and be able to pull off this performance as an equal. And and so talk about mm-hmm. the casting process a little bit and how'd that go down for you? Well, COVID times. Um, we're all doing self-tapes these days. There's no in the room, oh, right? Yeah. So I 
I got the material from my agent. I absolutely loved it. I prepared it and then I worked on it with, uh, with my friend and I think that was in person that day. Uh, sometimes I, I do it over Zoom with someone, but no, I think he was in the room. He had his mask on and, and we were in my little self-tape studio and, and we just, he's a very good actor, so it wasn't that hard. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, but we just, um, we really explored what, I, this is what he said to me, okay? This is super cool. I haven't told anyone this actually. Ooh, okay. He said, because he knows me so well. He knows me so well, and he knows he knows my personal struggles. He knows, you know, I have two kids. Like it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be a parent in these times, and I have a teen. And and he said, he said, Jen, you know, you remember that time, or <laughs> you know, whatever it was. <laughs> but he's like, and you just said to me, I'm so tired. And he said, just go there. Mm. Just just be. Let her be tired. Let her be really, really tired. And that's all he had to say to me, and it was just like, <laughs> it's all there because Julia's really tired. Right? <laughs> She's like, if she could just flip the switch and have it all stop, she would do that. It's just, it's just a lot to get up every day for for her, and and um, so yeah, that was really the key. Is just. Well, and, I'm really tired. I mean, it's yeah. a, it's got to be amazing to have a partner like that, a reading partner or a friend like that that just knows you so well he can direct you right where you need to go for auditions. I mean, I don't think a lot of yeah. people have that. So that's like another thing that you kind of have like this huge break on. Like, oh, I man, <laughs> I mean, because how many people do you, do you think out there, like especially actors starting to get in the, into the business, wish they had a reader that could deliver like that? I mean, yeah. Okay, so that would be my advice then. My advice would be find your people. There you, you go. Know, share, be, be <laughs> right, be like like acting class. Obviously, you can find your people, but also also just like um, creating, uh, doing readings with other actors, mm. and, and just like being being vulnerable, having um, sharing, having once a week where you get together if it's over Zoom for now or whatever it is, and. And you just have a check-in, just like you do in class. You know, you have a check-in and you're really real and you, you share. Then people get to know you and then they can help you access those parts of yourself. Mm, that's really awesome. So, yeah, it's it's important. It is. You need to have those people that, that know how to say, you know what, you're, you're working too hard. You got to just go to zero. You just got to breathe and let it go and just trust. Trust that you're enough or trust that you know this person that they're in there you know you don't have to put it on it's in there exactly exactly someone who knows you is super important yeah it's all within ourselves and talk about the cast a little bit i mean with it being a new show season season one have you guys been able to come together and create that family dynamic because it's a phenomenal show and i think it'll get multiple seasons so i'm really excited for that but how is it coming together i sure hope so (laughs) how is it coming together and learning everybody well, uh, again, such a strange time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no cast dinner, you know, to, to Joel phoned me. Uh, I got a nice call from him before my first day of shooting and we got to know each other over the phone. He gave me the lowdown on the character. He was so welcoming and so lovely and so excited to, you know, in his own words, he's like, he's like, I found her. There's my girl. <laughs> and my audition. He's like he said he'd been writing the character for a really long time. I think he said six years, but I could be wrong. Mm. Um, but he said he said that the second I started my audition, it was just that I was her. It was, it was it, that's what he wrote. So 
yay, that happens. Yay. <laughs> you know, you hear that happens, but it happened. So that was great. But uh, we didn't get to have, he wasn't even here, I don't think. So we didn't get to do, have a dinner or cast dinner or anything. So when I was finished my last day of shooting, um, about, I guess, how long ago was that? About a month ago, maybe six weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Um, I had talked to another director, his name's Patrick McKinley. He's Patty McKinley. He's um, one of the exec producers, and he had directed our episode nine. Um, he invited me to come to their other set because I said, I haven't met Jonathan or Ryan yet because I didn't have any scenes with them. Right. And he says, what? That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) You have to come. So, yeah. So he invited me to the other set once I wrapped at at my set and I hung out for a couple of nights or a couple hours and and, uh, got to watch them do this big, exciting scene that they were doing. And I met them, and Norbert was there, and Thomas was there, um, and and it was our little rap party for me. You know, it was like it was it was the last night of shooting, and it was exciting to be there. Um, and I am just so hopeful that that we will get lots more seasons, like you said, It'd be amazing. Yeah, I, I definitely think so, and I love that that you were able to do that and 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 take part into the final night of shooting. That COVID, everything is so strange. It's like when we're talking to people now and interviewing people now, the stories that they tell, it's like so interesting to hear because it really has kind of changed the whole dynamic, right? Like you said, no casting yeah. or no rap party, no these things that you just normally know and hear and and just expect. No, none of that is going on. <laughs> it's so interesting. None to hear. of it. Yeah, I know. I know. And even, like, I remember Norbert and I, we, we got a chance to talk before our first day of shooting, too, just to sort of talk backstory and, and get to know each other a bit before you dive into playing husband and wife. Right. We were on the phone, and, and um, which is, again, so sweet. Not not all actors who are the lead of a show are, are going to call you and do that. Like, he just really cares. They're all those people, right? Right. They, they all just love what they're doing so much. They're so into it, all of them. And, um and he said, I'm just going to warn you, it's really different. Have you been on set, on a set yet since, since everything came back? And I hadn't at that point. Mm. So he said, yeah, you know, like, it's just so different. And there's not a lot of time to sit around and, and talk. Or And in the end, it wasn't completely true because we had a little green room. So mm. we actually got to talk a lot. But um, I think other days that he'd been there, they'd been very separated, the actors. Right. Just, just for safety, you know. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's it's a different thing. Definitely, it's a different thing than than anything I've experienced before. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, for for anybody out there who doesn't know, like when when it's full on COVID regulations, I mean, there's like the all these zones, zone A, zone B, zone C, and you can't cross this zone or go into that zone, and only these people are allowed there, and it, it's just it's absolutely crazy. So I mean, much kudos to yeah. all of the performers and all of the crew and just everybody involved that has to go through that to make what we see happen. You know, I I think the audience should really take some time to appreciate everything that goes into what we're watching on the screen that you guys had to, the process to get it there is just amazing yeah yeah well said i agree I agree with what you said <laughs> <laughs> well and of course we have a huge fan base that has massive fan appeal for supernatural and we saw that you were on supernatural so of course we got to talk about that uh, experience a little bit and how was that yes i i was on that show not once but twice but twice yeah. <laughs> so there you go double the excitement um <laughs> 
the first time it wasn't, it was one or two scenes. It mm-hmm. was, I think maybe season two, season three, but then the second time, um, uh, I got to play a really fun character and I worked with Catherine Newton. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you guys remember her episode? Oh yeah. And she's about to hit the she big time now. Back. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was right when she was just going to hit the big time yep. and she was so excellent to work with. The cameras would roll and she, she would just turn into this nasty teenager, you know? Oh yeah. And then as soon as you cut, she's like, hi, you, want to some <laughs> you know, <laughs> So nice, so nice. Um, and she's a golf pro. Did you guys know that? Oh, I did not know had that. No idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She is a golf pro, and my husband was a golf pro before we met. So we had that in common. We talked about that. Awesome. Yeah, that's super cool. And you actually shared an episode yeah. with our buddy Spencer Garrett. Mm. You were in the very supernatural oh. Christmas. Yeah, we're we love Spencer. He's been on the show multiple times. He's phenomenal. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that was a long time ago, though. <laughs> I, I understand. Remember doing that I understand. He was the like creepy. Yeah, he was the creepy guy that was trying to kill them. That's uh, right. <laughs> that's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would oh love gosh. to see that episode again. Oh man, it's, it's one so of fun. our favorites for sure. Definitely one of our favorites. So, okay, so now uh, a thing that we're doing now, and we, we always love these stories too. And I'm betting you've got one because over 30 years in the biz, and you started so young, and you've done all these things to film, television, and theater. You've got to have an embarrassing moment, right, Jen? Come on. Yeah, you have. What's oh. the most embarrassing moment that's happened on set to you or on stage that you want to talk about? Well, I was very young. The one that comes to mind. It's it's embarrassing because it was. I was just so ashamed of myself after. Like I, <laughs> oh, no. I'm never going to live this down. I'm never going to live this down. And of course, I did. But uh, I was quite young. I think I was only 16. I was doing professional theater, um, and you know, you do eight shows a week. It's a lot. Oh sometimes, yeah. Sometimes you you're really tempted to goof around or make someone laugh or right. <laughs> yeah. And so I wasn't really guilty of that. It wasn't on stage. But what happened was we were in rep with another show. So the four shows a week was one show and four was the other show. Mm. And we 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 had a couple of uh, scene breaks where where my character and the other girls playing the daughters in, in the play. Uh, it was a musical, actually. We weren't on for, let's call it 15 minutes. And so we kind of decided to go into the room where they kept the props for the other show. And it was a, sh- a musical about Elvis's life. Oh. And they, they, I don't think I've ever told anyone this story, except for the people that were there. So you guys are... <laughs> Exclusive. I, I'm, I'm revealing my shame. Right. So, so, so there were these vials of pills because anyone who knows Elvis's history, he had a problem with prescription pills. Mm-hmm. So there were all these props that were filled with M and M's. So we opened, we opened them, and we thought, well, we could just take a couple from one and a couple from another, and they'll never know. And so we took some. We started eating them. Had a big handful in my mouth, and then I heard my cue. Oh, oh no! And somehow I had, I don't know, gotten caught up in the candy and. And so I went running to the stage and I ran on stage and my mouth was full of M&M's and I hadn't been able to swallow them yet. And I was choking and I, I couldn't get my line out. It was just awful. It was just awful. And we got off stage and the, the man that was playing my father just tore us through out of me. Oh, no. He was so 
angry with me that I was so unprofessional and, you know, all of that. And I felt about this big. You can't see my fingers, but they're very tiny. Teeny tiny. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And that was a big lesson. Don't eat M&Ms off stage when you have a cue. That's right. There you go. <laughs> because they Don't do not do melt in your mouth fast enough. They could not get there fast No. <laughs> No. That's so funny. That was horrible. That was really horrible. Oh, my goodness. I can (laughs) only imagine. That's so funny. Well, something else that we're trying because we are attempting to come out of a pandemic right now, and we were all in lockdown last year. What shows were you binge watching? Because we know you got to be watching something while you're just stuck at the house. Well, this is going to be obvious, but because I am working on debris, I wanted to get familiar with uh, Jonathan Tucker's work mm-hmm. and I had never seen Kingdom mm. so yeah. we've been Kingdom holy crap right <laughs> oh just the, the guy is beyond um, I had already seen all of Bloodline I was already a huge fan of Norbert's um, so I didn't need to do that I knew his, I knew his work so next up for me is going to be finding um, finding the magicians and watching Ryan because mm. I, I have never seen that show we didn't have the, the channel that it was on when it was airing. Um, but that was shot here, so I know lots of people that have been on that show. Oh, I really want to want to watch her work. Um, she's so lovely. Oh, she's just so cute. I'll tell you guys, the night that I got to meet them, um, uh, I walked up to where she was standing. They were just in their spot while they were lighting. Mm-hmm. And she was talking to Norbert and Thomas. And, and yeah, she saw me and she goes, Oh, ah, <laughs> oh my God, I'm Always, and we've been blessed enough so far to find that to be true. So that's that's definitely good to hear. Um, well, I gotta say, you're one of the first ones to like to like to say when you were talking about what you were binging to actually, I feel like working and binging at the yeah. same time, kind of doing your research and kind of stuff. That's interesting. That's very cool. Oh, you can't take the teacher yeah. out of you, can you? No, <laughs> no, 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 no can't you really can't. Okay, well, so we're going to stick with the teacher with you then. One of the things we like to do towards the end of the interviews is ask our guests to pass on some advice for all of the up-and-comers that are trying to break in that might be listening. And what are some pitfalls that you would kind of say to look out for or avoid? Oh, that is such a good question. Uh, I would say, look, really, like I always think being in class is super important. but, But really be, you know, go and check out a bunch of classes. Like, Really be sure you're with someone that that you trust with your art, you know, that you trust with your heart. Because it, as we talked about before, it really, it's a vulnerable, vulnerable thing that we're asked to do as an actor and, and to use what's going on inside and use real, real memories with, with imagined memories. And so just, just do your research when you're, when you're working with a teacher mm. um, so that you, because a lot of teachers are amazing. Right, most of them are, but then sometimes you hear stories of people that really got in actors' heads in, in not a great way. So I would say that that that's really important is is to do your research and talk to other actors who have studied with teachers and audit a class if you can, that kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah, and then and then read plays. 
Mm. Read, read, read. Read plays, um, read screenplays, but plays, there's so, like, I read a play with my class today, and we were all weeping at the end of it, like, mostly me. I'm such a sucker. But, <laughs> but I looked around, there was, there were glistening eyes in my, my young students. And, and the one, one first comment that came was like, I haven't read good writing like that in so long, or mm. I haven't read a play in so long. And I just think that's a tragedy. Like, like make it a priority. Read the great plays because mm. that's where char- that's where you learn about story and learn about, about creating characters, like characters that are full and rich. Um, TV writing can sometimes be more two-dimensional. And you, you want a full 3D person, right? Like a full person. Absolutely. And I think that's where you, yeah, that's where you find it is in, in the great place. Wow. I, I love that. That's the first time we've ever heard that one, to be honest with you. We've been almost doing this show really? for about four years, and that's the first time we've heard that. So I'm so thankful you were able to come on the show and tell us that. Yeah, that's great advice. Oh, good. <laughs> and you know it is the day Good, and age yeah. of the internet so are you on social media and if so where can everybody follow you yeah i'm at uh, at jennifer may copping uh is my instagram and then just at jennifer copping on twitter fantastic fantastic and everybody go watch debris yeah. right now i'm sure you can watch it on hulu and the peacock of course and i mean yes please catch up <laughs> yes, we appreciate you so much for coming on the show and open invite anytime you ever want to come back on, uh, talk about anything you have coming up or just, you know, we have an industry news segment. You can talk industry news with us or, or a top five. We do like okay. top five this week. It's Robin William movies. So, you know, we like to have fun. It's always fun stuff. Oh, this sounds amazing. I love Robin Williams. What a, what a gem of a human being he was, So eh? good. Right. so good. Yeah. But thank you so much yeah. for taking time out of your day to come get a little crazy thank with us. Thank you. This was so fun. Now I'm going to go make dinner. <laughs> oh, what are we having? What are you, what are you making? <laughs> We're having chicken cordon bleu Ooh. with baby potatoes. Oh. And... Um, maybe a little white wine. We'll see. It is only Tuesday. So. Uh, hey, hey, I'm I'm a wine guy every night. So you go for it. You have that white wine. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. 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 I don't feel no judgment guilty. here. No, no, no judgment, judgment here. here. We may. I may have been drinking during Thank the show. Part. We don't know. <laughs> Right? You could have been. I could have been. You I, know I should have been. We, we should have been. <laughs> exactly. That's right. I wasn't, but now that you what said it, we should have been. We Next totally time. Been. Next That's time. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. You should have, like, wine Wednesday. Always. Wine Wednesday always. Exactly. Exactly. So good. So good. Thank you so much again, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Great. So great to meet you both. You too. Thank you. Uh-huh. Hey, take care, guys. All right. Thank Bye-bye you. Bye-bye. Bye. She was so freaking nice. She, she was, was so humble, like very motherly. I would love yeah. to meet her and just be on a set with her. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like she she's always looking out for you. She's that one that's always going to kind of take you under the wing yeah. and say, hey, let, don't eat Eminem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? don't eat Eminem. And, and any other great advice. Yeah, I, I got that feeling too. Just like so sweet. Man. Exactly. All of those students of hers are really freaking lucky. Oh, and I think they're, oh yeah, huge benefit to the launch of their careers. I mean, by far. Agreed, agreed. Thank you again jennifer for coming on the show all right now it is time for the top five segment man and ooh, it's a good one Woo. it is top five robin williams films damn i know there's so many good ones for yeah robin williams like yeah and it's speaking of my number five i went back and watched this one on disney plus recently flubber when he was just oh, wow. a freaking hilarious scientist trying to create this goop that created a mind of its own it's just so funny it's a classic robin williams one i mean so many are but yes my number five 
Flubber. There you go. I went way back for my number five to best of times. <laughs> Haven't heard of it? That's okay. You're not old like me. Best of times was Kurt Russell and Robin Williams as high school football players that, you know, now they're old and they come back and they're playing this game against old rivals and stuff. And, like, Robin Williams' character was, like, the bad, you know, like, he just wasn't very good kind of a thing. And it, the whole thing is, like, a redemption story. to rede- And he becomes, like, the, the awesome hero in it as a wide receiver. Kurt Russell, of course, with the quarterback hair of and, like, all that kind of stuff. It's a really great movie, though. I mean, it really is a good movie. If you like football and you like Robin Williams and Kurt Russell, watch it. It's fucking amazing. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Number four for me, I mean, how could we talk about Robin Williams and not mention this movie? The original, Jumanji. Mm, yes. I mean, that spawned so many spinoffs now, obviously, with Kevin Hart, Jack Black, and The Rock. And I mean, this one is just so freaking good, guys. I mean, him coming out of the game and just being like so estranged to what the world is now today, not knowing and his parents leaving and passing. It's just, it's a great heartfelt family film. If you haven't watched it, you definitely should. Agreed. Yeah. Now, not a heartfelt family film. <laughs> One hour photo is my number four. It is a very dark and twisted Robin Williams working in this, like as a developer in a photo store and just basically like creeping the fuck out of the people that deliver, deliver their pictures to oh. be developed. Um, it is, he basically, he does not like what's going on with a particular couple and apparently they're having issues and he's not okay with it. And he's kind of like following along as he's developing these pictures. And he decides he's going to do something about it. Oh. And uh, it's dark, fucking twisted and creepy. And that's why I like it. it sounds I th- like He's it. just a phenomenal actor. And so anytime you can get him something outside of the realm, right? I'm like all in. So one hour photo. Mm. <laughs> Check it out if you haven't seen it. Very cool. interesting. Very interesting. Well, number three for me is Hook when he was the adult version of Peter Pan. I mean, that was such a great cast. Oh, I mean, so it, freaking like Dustin Hoffman playing Captain Hook. And I mean, it's just so good. I, freaking, uh, what's her name? Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. Yeah. As Tink. So good, guys. If you haven't watched this one, I believe it's on Disney+. Plus. So be sure to go watch that one as well. So, but yeah, Hook. Damn, man. That's a good one. Julia Roberts is Tinkerbell, or Tink, as they call her now. Yeah. Just fucking phenomenal, man. Good pick. My number three, I guess, I had to do this one because Bobby. We love Bobby. Awakenings, man. Oh, my God. So good where Bobby plays like this coma patient that wakes up. And I just, you know, and and Robin Williams is the doctor. And it's kind of like this whole thing of trying to get him back. Oh, my God. Again, another drama, heavy drama that just, he just blows it away. Everybody thinks Mork, you know, Mork for Mork, and like comedy and everything. But the guy's a brilliant, dramatic actor. And he just absolutely nails it in Awakenings. You know you have to be a good dramatic actor if you go head to head with Bobby. Yeah, exactly. Right? So I'm just saying, brilliant. Just brilliant. Agreed. Agreed. And for both of our number twos, we went for this one, Goodwill Hunting. I mean, this one is classic, guys. Oh, classic. Yeah. To which a film lover, like, finally, come on. Yeah, and finally won his Oscar yeah. for a dramatic role. Forget all the comedies. He won the Oscar for drama, boys and girls. Like, this was so good, though. It really was. And I mean, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck provided a beautiful freaking script. Oh. My money's more on Matt Damon yeah. provided a good, beautiful script. I mean, Ben Affleck was probably just in the room. But I mean, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I like Ben, kind of. 
But, you know, (laughs) I mean, it's a great movie. Good Will Hunting. If you haven't seen that one, that's literally a classic. Oh, without doubt. Without doubt. What the fuck? Why haven't you seen it? Yeah. Have you seen ours? Oh, man. We did a dramatic recreation of a scene from there. Pretty fucking good, I thought. Check it out on YouTube. Check it out. Oh, man. Uh, Well, my number one. I mean, this one, oh, it's so damn good. Nobody could top his performance. Will Smith did okay, but, I mean, nobody could ever top this performance. Aladdin. Aladdin as the genie. He was so freaking good, and I feel like they just let him play. They let him loose, let him do whatever he wanted to do, and it just turned out really freaking well. It's honestly one of the Disney staples that they have right now. That's that's I mean there's no better way to say it and you're exactly right. That's why nobody will ever top it because he went complete ad lib. You did not know what was going to come out of Genie's mouth. <laughs> the producers are probably like, "Holy fuck, what do we do?" Yeah, but it, it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, my number one, oh Captain, my Captain, it had to be. It had to be Dead Poet Society. Again, as you can tell, I have a theme. I really like Robin Williams' dramatic right? stuff. Like, I love the comedy too. Good Morning Vietnam, and like I can't believe that didn't make either of our lists. Um, but I really do. I, I just Dead Poet Society about pressure, about bullying, about suicide—all things that are we're passionate about, and we'll be telling in our film coming up. Maybe that's why I'm so connected with it. Um, just a brilliant performance and so many like huge stars were like babies in that show Ethan Hawke and Josh Charles and like so many were just I, can you even imagine being that young trying to start your career and fucking Robin Williams is the guy yeah you're in scenes like where you're standing on the desk and just doing that oh my god man so good it, it's the one I immediately watched on the day I found out he died yeah I just I had to watch it like I just mm. Good. So good. What is your favorite Robin Williams movie? We want to know. We know you have one. Be sure to leave a comment below in the YouTube section, podcast section, or add us on Instagram or Twitter. We love the fan interaction. It's so damn good. Always. Well, now heading over to the box office recap, Wrath of Man came in at number one with $8.1 million. Demon Slayer Mugen Train came in at number two with uh, $3 million. Mortal Kombat, steady at number three with two point four. Godzilla vs. Kong, $1.9 million. And then number five, ending up the troop, is Ryan the Last Dragon with one point nine. That's why that man at number one was mad and he's like throwing, you know, wrath of it because yeah. all the fucking dragons are there. Like, exactly. I mean, everywhere are fucking dragons. Like, I exactly, mean. exactly. Well, new movies coming out you can go see this weekend. <laughs> Spiral, that's that uh, Saw spinoff mm, with yeah. Chris Rock and Samuel Jackson. Uh, Those Who Wish Me Dead. Finding You, Profile, and The Killing of Two Lovers. Yeah, very interesting. Hmm. Uh, Movies you can still go see. Separation, Here Today, Nobody, The Unholy, and The Tom and Jerry Movie. Hmm. Now heading over to the box office recap. You guys know we love this app. It's honestly the Bible of the entertainment industry. Fact. If you are trying to break into the entertainment industry, this is the app for you. Now, (laughs) the movie is The Mitchells vs. The Machines. Ooh. I have no idea. I don't either, but I'm going to check it out. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. Uh, the TV show is Shadow and Bone. No idea. Um, and the star is Ben Barnes. No idea. 
I know he was in uh, uh, Punisher's Jigsaw. Yeah. Yeah? Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. I so know these, who he is. These are all things that we need to catch up on. That's what IMDb Pro is here to do. Exactly. So, Your source to find out what these things are. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, guys, it was an amazing episode. Episode 162 of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. we got to thank our guest one more time, Jennifer Copping for coming on the show. Yes. Be sure to follow her on Instagram and Twitter. She's just a gem. Be sure to follow the company and podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Crazy Ant Media and at ItCat Podcast. And you guys know you can follow us both personally, myself, JLo Fantastic, and Crazy Ant Guy 1970. That's right. That's right. And They're you all guys doing know the math now about that's that what he man and thing to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> you guys know you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, and so much more. If you're watching this video on YouTube, be sure to hit the like button on the video, subscribe, and ring the bell Boo! for all the latest and greatest notifications that we have coming at you. And be sure to visit our website, www.crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. And you can donate to our Kickstarter as well. Yes. We got some beautiful freaking perks, guys. If you donate $25, you will get a social media shout-out and a special thanks at the end of the film. If you donate $50, you will get a t-shirt and an autographed signed copy of the script. And if you donate $75 or $100, you will be made an executive producer along with the autographed copy of the script mm. so good guys so good you I mean, want your name in a movie totally worth it there i mean we got we got you we got you totally. but man it was a great show there was so much good stuff jennifer was just absolutely amazing i loved everything she had to say oh yeah um but the top five it's always good to talk about robin williams mm. and depression and all that crazy stuff guys mental health awareness exactly so what, what did the table do to you you've been hitting the table just, all show i want to stand up on it like oh captain my like, <laughs> i almost thought about it but i would have been out of frame i was like i need to stand up on the desk robin williams i need to do it um i look i i had a lot of favorite parts of the show but i'm just gonna say i'm gonna do a little something different at the end of this one and i'm gonna call out my least favorite part of the show and it's my least favorite because it hurt my wallet and that's fucking disney's chaos right now with the mismanagement because the stock went down and it wasn't Happy. So let's get that shit straight, Bob, before Iger leaves because I, I'm not happy. Exactly. I'm not happy. Exactly. And it's always a good show when we get to talk about the one and only Oprah! Oprah!